Welcome to the IndieCast! For the last four years, bringing to you pop culture, professional wrestling, and a splash of crass. Now to your hosts, Chad and Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn. This is the IndieCast. Greetings, everyone. Oh, it's like the like the Mister Rogers version. Exactly. Greetings, everyone. Right, exactly. That was my that was my, uh, my Frasier voice. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the IndieCast After Dark. We are listening. We are listening. Um, hopefully, you are too. <laughs> According to our numbers from the last After Dark, no one was. No, one, um, me and Jack listened to it. And that was, yeah, it was the the listenership for uh, the last After Dark episode was Chad, myself. And maybe Pamela Anderson just to see what was going on. <laughs> no, it wasn't even Pam. It was uh, <laughs> it was a Molly Culver who I who I believe I tagged in it. So going and then we oh do I need to sue these guys? No, we, no, they're then fine. We shit all over her uh, her well, one big hit. Well, to be fair though, she probably didn't even get to that part because we just bullshit around <laughs> for the first two thirds of that episode. Yeah, so true. you know. Uh, anywho, welcome everybody. Uh, this is going to be a slightly more on topic after dark. Um, it's because, a topic we get normally. Right, yeah, because uh, because Chad is is a little under the weather. I'm a little under the weather. Uh, both wives are under the weather. Yeah. We're just sick. We're sick yeah. as hell. It's the plague, and uh, so we're going to try to stay on. Sadly, task. you all missed pre-show. You know, Zach shitting a fist. That was the. Uh, That's true. That yeah. really sucked for me. Milk <laughs> uh, no and magnesia. Legitimately a conversation. What a motherfucker. Uh, also, uh, item to discuss first on the docket here. Can you can you legitimately blame the movie Casper existing because of the, the success of the live action Adams Family movie? Discuss. Well, wouldn't Casper have come first? Maybe chronologically, but not in film form. Casper did came she out. Play, Cas- did she play Wednesday before they did the Casper movie? Yes, because she played. She played she played Wednesday when she was like genuinely 12 and Cat in Casper she's like 17 18 or in her so. case she could be 25 but she looked like she was 17 right. so can we find out if she was 18 cuz then me like well, me google like, you, me like like fapping to it seems a lot less Well that's the thing okay. I always get the here's here's the story here's the roller coaster that I go through when Adam's family came out I was about that age I was about as old as Christina Ricci was right, so it, was, it, it would have been okay at that time for me to like prefab, but prefab, but yeah, that's hysterical. I don't know. There could we could be related. Who knows? I don't know. So it's weird. Um, but uh, but no, Casper came out after. I didn't think it did, but I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for Google to catch up with me now. Now I'm. Uh, why do I keep getting fucking Casper mattress when I, t- I definitely put in Casper movie? <laughs> you pricks. Could you bring me the fucking movie? Ghostly Sleep, dude. What's the problem? 1990. Okay, so that came out in 1995. Mm-hmm. I'm really going to be disappointed. I really thought the... And when did Adam's family come out, my friend? I'm checking right now. Survey says... No, you're right. 1991. Right. So, okay, so now then this brings us to the great question, then. Can you blame what year was what year was Christina Ricci born? Oh Jesus Christ! That I can find pretty quickly here. Okay, <laughs> let me 19, go. Let me go on the dark web here. Nineteen eighty. 
Okay. So she's actually uh, eight years older than I am. She is... Foxy. Yeah. And she is four years four years younger than me. That's doable. Yeah. That, that, you're goddamn right it is. So... But yeah, no, I did not think Casper came out later. So yeah. are they saying it's like, are we, are we questioning if it's, that's why that movie got made in the first place? That's my theory. That is my... Ricci in there? No, no, no. I'm saying that you look at the formula. Adam's Family is a very, very old property. True. It started in like a little comic form, then the old black and white show. Right. It has an older idea that somebody turned into a live action movie in the early 90s. Which was before, like now, when they, they do it to everything back to exactly. Everything. Please and was pay watch right, and was an ungodly success right. So my argument is, if you look at that and figure out the formula of you took an old, family friendly, film and television property mm-hmm. that has a cult nature to it, and then just shoehorned it into a '90s modernization remake right. Question mark, question mark, question mark, profit. So, <laughs> Casper, old ass, family friendly film and television property. Started out as a comic, once comic book, and like... then a cartoon, and then right. here we are. Has to do with the occult, because it's about a fucking dead kid. Right. Casper, the little dead child. Right, exactly. <laughs> it was the original draft of that it song. Was. I had to redo it. Um, then you shoehorn it into a modernized mid-90s version of the film. Right. No, I can see how that would be a... how that could be a thing. Now, the real the real research question, the real PowerPoint would become, I gotta figure out the numbers. Because... pop-culturally, mm-hmm. Adam's Family wins. Right. Because that is revered and well-loved and da-da-da-da-da. True. Casper is just sort of like, oh yeah, that was a fucking thing, wasn't it? Yeah. But I know that they marketed... they merchandised the shit out of Casper. Yeah. So I don't know if that helped. So that's going to have to be the research there. Was I mean, box office had made close to three hundred million, two hundred eighty-seven point nine million at the box. God damn! So I mean, it it definitely made its money back without a question. Yeah. So so yeah, I guess it I guess it helped if it made almost three hundred mil at the box office. Mm. Plus, gets shown all the time on you know. I see it pop up on like ABC or I guess whatever ABC family is now free form. Yeah. Um, and that shit, that shows up there constantly. Also side note, uh, I remember since I'm like the universal kid, mm-hmm. I remember touring the set of Casper. Oh really? Yeah, was I, that one of the ones they had on? When, when universal in Orlando was actually pretending to be a movie lot, they had a couple of set up stages that you could go through. And there was the live-action Flintstones movie. And then there was Casper. So I remember going through Casper. I actually, I remember going through Casper and I had, um, I bought a little polo shirt with a little fucking pocket and a little Casper was in the pocket. Like, so I I remember that very distinctly. Adorable. Um, So, you know, there was that. Like, so obviously, you you said 300 mil, like, it did well. Right. that's just a weird connection that I made yeah. that was, hey, wait a minute. We wouldn't have awkward Casper movie. Right, if not. If for... not for the success of Adam's Family. Yeah, probably true. <laughs> you had Sanford is the one thing I'm thinking of is we're talking about, like, 
she was about my age, you know, to like you were saying, yeah. she was close to my age at that time. So that yeah, was, she was closer to your age than she was mine. Yeah, like that wasn't that wouldn't be too weird then. So uh, for me, my always like, well, she's my age, so it's not weird to me. Was always it's not illegal. Uh, is um, uh, and I think it's true for a lot of people my age. Winnie Cooper. Oh, of course. From yeah, from Wonder Years. Wonder yeah. Years definitely. Yeah, Dan, uh, Danica McKellar. Yeah, like, she helped a lot of people go uh, through puberty. Yeah, oh yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, uh, and actually to sort of coincide with this, I had a theory about, um, how the Toxic Avenger movie, Mm -hmm. which is super weird and super, like, not mainstream, still ended up with, like, a Captain Planet knockoff cartoon. Right. And I blame that on, um, Beetlejuice. I can see that. Because Beetlejuice, not really a kid's movie. But became a kid's cartoon. But became a kid's cartoon and immensely successful. Toxic Avenger, not a kid's movie, becomes a cartoon moderately successful. Right. How long was that Beetlejuice show on for? I want to say three or four seasons. Really? But but the difference was, like, you look at, like, Archer or Bob's Burgers or The Simpsons, where it's just, like, endless and, and Family Guy, endless and endless and endless amount of seasons. Back then, you didn't have... DVR, you didn't have right. Netflix, so it was like you got away with three seasons, and then it was like, guess what? And they're getting syndicated to hell and back, and yeah. no one's gonna fucking tell us now. Right. So yeah, you got away with that. Because I have um, this is shameful. Huge Freakazoid fan, which is the most nineties nineties cartoon that there is. Yes, it is. I believe made by the same people that did uh, Animaniacs. Animaniacs. Yes, yeah. correct. Um. It's so 90s that in the pilot episode, they make a fucking OJ joke. Good times. And, like, and like that's the crown jewel. Like, that's like the, oh, we got it. Boom. Right. How you like that? Like, that's their joke. They're like, mm, there it is. And it's, like, immediately dates the show. Yeah, I got it. Super, super 90s. There's technically three seasons of that show. There's really one and a half seasons of that show. Because literally... Midway through the second season, they just started shoehorning episodes from season one onto the back ends of season two episodes. So it'd be nice. like, and so instead of like, oh, it's a new adventure every episode, it would be like, oh, hey, here's like a half story, and then episode one, you know, short or something like that, right. and like that's how they stretched Stretch it out, out, kind of thing, yeah. So that like, was just the norm. You needed you needed a filler like in a, Basically. Like in a bad crab cake. Yeah, exactly. A little more bread than that one exactly. to, to stretch that out a bit. A little more so. bread. Um, but uh, and then yeah, apparently Animaniacs is getting a reboot. I saw that. I don't know how I feel about that, but I saw um, it. I'm pretty sure I feel mostly erect about that. Okay, well, very much into that show. But Freakazoid was still great because that was I felt a good equivalent to uh, like Ren and Stimpy in terms of like. We're going to just be really weird and absurdist about things. Um, the Candlejack episode is my favorite. And it ends so weird. For anybody who doesn't who doesn't want to YouTube it real quick, it's basically just like a camp, you know, boogeyman, Friday the 13th kind of story. And uh, uh, halfway through, Freakazoid gets captured. And they're like, oh, how are you going to stop the bad guy? And Freakazoid looks at the camera and he's like, oh, this is how I'll do it. And then this unnamed narrator comes out of nowhere that we have not heard from in the whole beginning two-thirds of this episode. Right. And he just 
explains what's happening as you're just kind of seeing a montage of events. And then that's it. Then it's like, oh, Freakazoid, capture the bad guy. That's at the end. We didn't feel like animating it. It's super weird. It's super weird. But I fucking dug the shit out of it as a kid, so... I doubt they're ever going to make a reboot of that no. because it's the fucking 90s, 90s show. There's a better well, chance of them making like a clueless animated series than fucking bringing Freakazoid back. But, uh... By the way, somebody put up a picture of, um... Paul Rudd from Clueless and a recent Paul Rudd picture. Have you seen these? Were you, are you sure that they were just the same photo? That's, and that's kind of my question. <laughs> I think it might be the same fucking photo. Um, because Paul Rudd... Paul Rudd did a movie not that long ago called This Is 40. Oh, yeah. And you, and you wouldn't know the... Fuck you, you're Terrible 40. casting. Right, yeah. So <laughs> maybe you should have picked somebody that might be looks actually fucking 40 um, to do that. So, But then it wouldn't have sold anything. I also, don't know if it did all that good anyway. I think uh, it's Judd Dapatow. I'm sure it did fine. But um, also, uh, final weird thing that's not pertaining to what we're actually supposed to be talking about. Right. Uh, got to play a little bit of the Friday the 13th game. How is it? Glitchy uh, as I'll get out from what I'm seeing by their page. but Not even glitchy, it just shit the bed. Like, the, the servers that run it, they were not prepared for <laughs> they were, it. So, it, I, I mean, played they it. they did see how many people bought it, right? Apparently, they, they didn't do the math. Um, but uh, I played about four or five rounds of it, and then I just couldn't get back on. <laughs> the servers were like, oh, we're done now. Yeah. Um, fun. Lots of fun. Um so I'm trying to remember, you can play either as a camp counselor or as Jason, Correct. right? So which which way have you gone on that? I've only been able to play as counselors. I don't know if there's a way for you to, like, call dibsies, but, like, I was only ever able to play as counselors. So is this, like, a, like a multiplayer type of situation? Yes, it's all okay. online, unfortunately. Okay. So but you... they did say that they're supposedly going to have a one-player mode at some point, but it's all just online multiplayer. So it's legitimately whoever, like, yeah, you're absolutely right, whoever just gets to Jason first wins. I guess. And everybody's probably trying to play fucking Jason. Yeah. So. Um... But yeah, you're at a camp, there's like between like five and seven counselors, and uh, it's, the rounds are 15 actual minutes. Okay. And so, um, the 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 point of the game is... Uh, Not to die. Yeah, it's to, it's to survive. Um, so if you run out the clock for 15 minutes, and you win, you get points, whatever. Right. Um, you can ensure your survival by just getting away. Right. Like, there's literally like cars... There's a couple of boats, and so if you get in those, you can get the fuck out, even if it's, like, the six-minute mark. You can be like, see ya, and you can get the fuck out of there, right. and you've, like, guaranteed that you've won kind right. of thing, that you're going to get the points for it. But, just like in the movies, car's not ready to go, boat's not ready to go. you got to right. go get gas, you got to get a fucking car battery, you got to go get a propeller, you right. got to go get the keys, blah, blah, blah. So, basically, the first two-thirds of the map is just a scavenger hunt. Like, you're just right. fucking looking for shit. And then... You know, Jason sort of hits the field, and now you're looking for shit aggressively, because right. now there's a serial killer. How long does it take before Jason, like... He can technically, I, I think it's basically, like, as soon as it starts, but... Because I died early a couple times, but, um... I, I don't think he starts getting, like, bells and whistles until, like, halfway through the match. Okay. Um, but one of the things that he can do is he can teleport. Very nice. But the thing I loved about it... Has he ever had that power? The thing that I loved about it... Is that there's no pomp and circumstance to it. Okay. It's not like he's Nightcrawler from the X-Men and there's like a poom of smoke and then right. he's gone. He's just not there anymore. But the reason why is that's not really a thing you're supposed to be seeing as a player. Right. How it's working is it's a it's a it's something they've built into the game to make it more like the movies. Right. Perfect example. We got a car working. It was a four seater. There's two counselors in the front, I'm sitting in the back. We get the fuck out of Dodge. 
As he starts the car, Jason comes out of the woods. Holy shit. He steps on the gas. Thank God. We leave his ass in the dust. We're driving. We make it maybe a mile down this little road. And fucking Jason steps out. And he's just in the middle of the road. And we hit him and the car stops. That's a movie moment. Right. Well, that's him teleporting. Right. So that's what the game calls it. But it's basically just... Yeah, that's bullshit that right. serial killers get to do in movies. Right. That's what the game is built in. Because otherwise it's like Jason is a fucking Olympic sprinter. Right, exactly. Right. So so, uh, so that's where the teleporting comes okay. in. So like I said, that's why there's no pomp and circumstance to it. Because it's one of those things like if you're running away and you're looking behind you and you see him and then you run and you turn a corner and he's there and you're right. like, oh my god. Well, yeah, because he teleported. Because right. fuck you. Okay. He has to make the rules. Because fuck you, he could do that. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, But it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Very gruesome. Um, as it should be yeah yeah. and uh, they got the the amount of effort they put in is just way too much because like uh, you can try to distract Jason so like uh, in some of the cabins they've got like radios so you can turn on the radio and that sound is going to sort of distract his little radar or whatever the right. fuck he has well when you turn on the radio it's not just like oh hey here's generic fucking music no they got the fucking sound designer to come back so he's got, like, the fucking 80s jams that were, like, in the movies back then. And then when he's chasing you, it has, like, the sting kind of, like, kind of, like, dramatic music playing. Or right. if you're hiding under the bed, it's fucking, like, super dramatic music playing. And the, the, I'm assuming the kill, 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 kill. Uh, 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 oh, as soon as he's to close to you, you absolutely yeah. start hearing it. So, and then which, you start shitting. Which means make, right, it makes you pee yourself. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, but, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, uh... I'm I'm just over because I donated to the Kickstarter, so I'm of course you I'm do. yeah I'm I'm like five for five on successful Kickstarters because as silly as it sounds, I've watched and done research. There's plenty that make oh, it. Oh, shit the bed. I'm sure. Well, there's plenty that make it and then they shit the bed. Right. Like they're like, oh, we promised this, this, and this, and then nothing ever fucking comes out. And you're like, so am I going to get my money back? No. no. Okay. Never run into that yet. All the projects I've I've donated to have all come to fruition, and I have so tangible. This, this one, Mystery Science Theater, I know you so, donated to that. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the game, uh, the Mystery Science Theater reboot, um, Manos: The Hands of Fate on Blu-ray. Because um, you're a glut with a fucking punishment there. I am, right? man. I fucking am. Uh, there was an ECW documentary that I donated to. Forever Hardcore. I think so. Okay. Um, I want to say I donated to the Iron Sheik. Yeah, I did. The Iron Sheik uh, um, documentary. Oh, Mixtape Massacre, which is a board game about, um, like, slasher movies. Interesting. You get to play as, like, a little fucking slasher, and it's like whoever can kill more people in the town. Nice. And, da, 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 and stuff like that. You so. have to bring that game over sometime. It's a lot of fun. It's, the art is awesome. Because there's like there's like a little pin because it's all like uh, kind of Phil Singer esque. Nice. Like, it's like oh we don't have Pinhead but this guy looks a lot like Pinhead. Yeah. Like oh we don't have Chucky but looks a little bit like Chucky. Um, yeah. So I'm like super successful in that. I I donated to uh, a Kickstarter to design an updated version of the Doctor Who pinball machine for Amazing. the video game pinball machine games. Nice. Because I fucking love those. The Stern one? Oh, so good. Uh, it's the only way I can play Monster Bash, because I'm not dropping $22,000 on a pinball machine. What? Why not? What's, what's, 
Where you sent an adventure? Where the fuck are you going to fit it in your house, actually, would be the better question. Right next to the other one. Uh, would you be able to fit another one right next to that one? Probably not. No room Probably there. not. Um, I would sell the first one and then Zach, put that one in. Zach can literally live in a matchbox, by yeah, the way. Basically. Just so you, just so you, yeah. for those of you that don't know. Um, not that my apartment is like, you know, fucking the yeah, hall. Yeah, it is. It's like a... It's so let's talk about what we're actually supposed to be fucking talking about. Yeah, here. actually, so let's talk about things that, that did go successfully um, before we talk about the show that I went and saw. Let's talk about a show we both did a little bit of work That's on. true. We have not talked about uh, Brawl USA's Logan Mania. That's all, true. Um, that ended up going, I thought, Swimmingly. very well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, lots of compliments for you as the announcer. Good. Uh, That's what I like to hear. You sounded, you were very excited, kept the show going at a, at a, at a good pace, so... Definitely appreciate that. Uh, uh, to, I was going to say, to, to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, literally everything was sprung on me. Like, uh, like uh, James and I had talked about the show. They had given us the card, so I had that. But, for instance, before intermission, when actual lo- uh, the the kid, Ray Ray, who the whole wow. show was donating to, um, they're like, all right, by the way, he's right here. Here's his little brother. Go take him to the ring. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So... Testing my improv skills you after, it well. all, after all these years, yeah. And they were they were both cute little kids. I it's sadly, in a weird way, bumped into them in the restroom no less during intermission. But uh, that's uncomfortable. Um, yeah, wash my hands first, then gave my high five. Definitely sure. made sure to wash my hands first, though. Um, it was a um, NWO reference. Thought went that went over well. It did. Uh, joke against Virgil. Thought I went over pretty well. <laughs> it did for everybody but the kids. They right, had no, well, they had no clue what I was doing. Doesn't matter. Oh. Um, but yeah, no, overall, I, I, I had a good time with it. Uh, my life flashed before my eyes as John Davis almost killed me in the corner. Um, <laughs> we, did, we did. I wanted to, I won't lie that there was a bit of laughter at the table from watching you, like, scurry. Oh, yeah. John Davis. Yeah, because you've got John Davis and Taino in the ring together. Yeah, I was, the yeah, I was out of my weight class there. Yeah. Um, Jason Cage stole my spot at the uh, commentation station. So is that what I need to do to get on the commentary booth? Apparently, just, just show up and yeah, say, just "Hey, slip by in." The way, yeah, okay, I'll keep that. And I'll keep it, James, if you're listening, if you're the third person listening to this one here, <laughs> we're going to talk about Brawl USA. Uh, I'm just going to hijack the, the hijack up there at one point, mm-hmm. uh, so I can commentate a couple matches. Damn it, and get that off my bucket list. Bucket list. Yeah. Well, commentate live. Because right. you and I have this is true. done commentary for uh, this coming week's episode. Oh, is it this coming week? Of uh, Fully right. Gimmick Fight Club. Well, I'm definitely tuned in. Where, uh, where Chad and I got to discuss the genius, the greatness, the shove the fan of the fuck out of the wayness <laughs> of Tommaso Ciampa versus Martin Stone at AWE. Uh, Martin Stone, by the way, uh, on this week's NXT, apparently. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw that. Under his Danny Birch guys, which looks a whole lot like his Barton Stone guys, yeah, just well. a different name, uh, apparently was fighting one uh, bruiserweight Pete Dunn this week. So uh, definitely be tuning in to see that later. Too, mm-hmm. because, so, uh, but back to the original party. point, your bucket list item is to do commentary live. live. Yes, you as are opposed correct. to uh, canned, as you and I did it. This is correct. So yeah, I would like to do a live show at some point. I will say okay. though, this is new. This is legit. This is a shoot. Um, Ken. The mysterious uh, man behind the scenes of B Movie TV, Ken, mm-hmm. uh, complimented me about this upcoming episode. Oh, good. He said he loved uh, the he loved the match that we picked. He loved uh, what you and I had to say. Well, thank you, he Ken. loved the crowd, so uh, he was very excited about this episode. Cool. Well, so, that's, that's good to hear. Thank you, Ken. So let me that. put my plug for 
Full Gimmick Fight Club on B-Movie TV on Roku to the side. Let's get back to Logan Mania for a second and talk yeah. about how great I am. Um, how great you are. No, no, no. The show, ain't I great. Um, actually, you know what I need to do at some point? This is what I actually think it needs to really happen. I need to work out with Jason Cade and just have both me and him hijack the entire table. I you think could. that might be what needs to happen. You could. They did, I did hear uh, somebody backstage say that they did rein uh, Cade in to just do two matches because he right. would have done that whole fucking thing. I'm sure he would have. So. It's like, that's my he spot, He would have probably man. commentated his entire, he would, would have probably commentated his match. Too, that's true. That's true. So, um, but no, I thought Logomania was great. It was a good crowd. Uh, super, super thrilled at the amount of merch that was sold there. Not just fully gimmick merch, but just a lot of wrestlers. Uh, Ophidian was Ophidian was selling stuff. Uh, the Ducklings were selling stuff. Um, I don't know if the Gymnasty Boys were selling any of their like flea market stuff that they had going on. I think they had some stuff out. Yeah. Well, they had like Amiibos and some old Xbox games, and I was like, I'm 100 percent on board with this. This is very good. Yeah, once again, and, and we talked about this briefly off air, and, and I don't mind saying it here on air, Gymnasty uh, Boys have now gotten to see them live twice, mm-hmm. and have Where? pretty much properly stolen the show for me. I was just going to say, I would go as far as to say to give them a, a quick plug, if they are booked on a show you're planning on going to, you should go. definitely go to that show, yeah. because they are worth the price of admission. Yeah. Oh, um, they're so funny. And, uh, and then other... Project that uh, that was tied into the Logan Media thing was Chad actually went and recorded very kick out of two style. He recorded some stuff with uh, many of the wrestlers there at the show and did a marvelous job and uh, is now cursed with basically that gig forever now because yeah. he did a hell of a lot better than <laughs> the fucking two years fully gimmicks been a thing, three almost four years that IndieCast has been a, uh, officially four years now that we're out of May that IndieCast has, has been a thing. And you did better than fucking all the previous years, like, half footage combined. So. Well, I figured out why, and I think it's because uh, I'm annoying and won't leave you alone until you actually come around and do that, do the fucking promo with me. Well, make sure uh, to put that on your resume. Because most people, most people, thankfully, were very willing to, oh, yeah, let me go ahead, we'll go ahead and do that, no problem. There was definitely a few people that were like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, after we get changed and stuff like that, and then I would be standing there as soon as they got done getting changed, going, Ta-da. okay, let's go, here I am, <laughs> I, got nothing, I got nowhere else to go. It's like uh, it's like officer and gentleman. I got nowhere else to go, and that uh, until you record this fucking promo for me. And yes, I will make you sure you remember B Movie TV because that seemed to be the one thing that confused a few people was well, fully um, giving Fight Club B Movie TV. Right. It's a lot. It's it was a lot, a lot yeah. to remember. So thankfully, because I got a lot of tag teams, they were smart enough to like to break it up yeah. to break that up, and that seemed to work out pretty nicely. So yeah. next time uh, gymnastics boys are in town, though, we'll have to have. White Mike record one as the Understanker. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. How hysterical was that video, by the way? <laughs> I told White Mike, I'm like, please let us, please let Fully Gimmick make Understanker merch for you, please. Like, come on. Tell me he agreed to that. It's still, negotiations are still in effect. Negotiations are in effect, okay. But, uh, but no, Logan Mania was great. The DVD is out now. Uh, I believe it is on the Fully Gimmick website. Um, had a, a crazy stacked card. Buckshot even mentioned it in his commentary on it. That uh, crazy stacked card for a Florida show, and a lot of up north talent for a Florida show. Crazy stacked card, a lot of up north talent. More people should have hooked the leg a little bit better. <laughs> he also made that comment as well. Um, but no, overall, I was super thrilled with how the show yeah. went. Um, got to see some guys I hadn't seen before, especially some of the Chikara talent. Yeah. Um, everybody and their mother was interested in the Whisper, and uh, for so, good reason. Right. He put on a great match. The and the like I said, the the overall like gimmick of it is interesting to say the least. And it's the, weird enough to be engaging. Yeah, 
So, but yeah, so, so for the uh, Chikara Tag Champs, the... Uh, Campeones de Parejas, yep. which I got complimented on from them for pronouncing that, and I let the cat out of the bag. It's because we've ripped that off, so that's how I know. Uh, I was I was in the audience with uh, fellow fellow uh, uh, heckler, tag team champion heckler, uh, <laughs> Gary Lugosi, um, in that show, and I, did, I do remember at one point when... Uh, Crumbles and Lafarge were uh, were wrestling the dynasty mm-hmm. uh, that I have never seen such a mucus based offense before in my life. Yeah, yeah, uh, there's a lot of which I even commented on in the next match that I I did not feel comfortable touching any part of that ring. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely needed a, a big vat of hand sanitizer. By the I time felt I feel like their tag team could be called the Black Plague. That well, apparently they are supposed to be very um, out of right out of a Dickens novel. Is, right is the overall setup of it. So I guess you know. The plague or something like that might live be live hard, die fast. I guess yeah, I, pretty much. So, yeah. but um, uh, I thought they were good. Uh, John Davis uh, had an amazing match with Taino, which uh, I, I had even told um, James, who runs Brawl, that it might have been my favorite part of the show actually, because of the overall like battle for Taino to try to kind of gain the respect he doesn't feel he is getting. Uh, and I thought that was actually a very a very interesting storyline and handled very well so far. Not to really make this sound, you know, very smarky, but uh, I love the way that went through. And then John just beat the living shit out of him. Right, but no, there was a story to that match, and it was interesting that, and you know, just goes to show you like the power of a good promo. Yeah, that John cut maybe a five minute promo before yeah. the match that kind of gave us the framework, and then. Everybody was more engaged in that match, which was not particularly like flashy. Didn't have a lot no. of high flying stuff or anything like that. But it doesn't need to be, for, especially with those guys. But so. the crowd was more engaged in that match than I would say any other on the card. And there were some colorful characters on that card. Oh god, yeah. And they were more engaged in that because of the framework that was put in place at the beginning. So again, a good promo, more so than just "Ain't I Great," can do wonders for a match. Uh, John Davis also complimented me on making sure that I, uh, even though I obviously was not on commentary for uh, yelling out for the Siberian, <laughs> the, the Siberian Bear Crusher as it was, uh, yes. as all three moves of it were uh, were connected, I was very excited to, uh, to have that move come up because that's my favorite John Davis uh, combo, as it were. I, I was, uh, a certain uh, referee told me that uh, a few years ago, John Davis was going full Zengief. That he had the the mohawk and the whole nine yards. That would be amazing. And I was like, could he grow his chest hair into a star? Though that's the question. That would be a trick. That's the that's the that's the caveat. Would spoiler you... alert: I could if I needed to. <laughs> Didn't need that spoiler. But <laughs> um, but what what else was on that show? The uh, the multi man title match actually uh, also came off very yes. good. Uh, yes. Uh, three big guys in there. Which uh, is a surprising start to a multi-man title. Right. It would be like if you went, oh, we're going to do a Money in the Bank match, but only super heavyweights. Right. Like, uh, what? Yeah, but it, it came off great. It's hard-hitting as all get-out. Yeah. That was that got a lot of gifts made of it, just because it was so like, oh, Jesus almighty. Um, but yeah, so I was super thrilled with it, super proud of how it turned out. I did an okay job. I didn't shit the bed too hard. Um... I did screw up the Gymnasty Boys intro, though, and they yelled at me for it. They did They did call you out straight on, right in the middle of the ring for that one, yeah. so. Ham City instead of Yam City. Shame on me. Well, now you die. 
It had to by way of Stankonia. I'll never be, forget it now. It had to be the side dish, not the... That's true, yeah. Not, not, the, not the protein. Exactly. Uh, that should be on the shirt. Um, <laughs> why, why is that not on a shirt? But, uh, but anyway, no, I was super thrilled. Ophidian and, and Aaron Epic had a hell of a match. Yeah, they did. Um, and then apparently, then, you know, a couple hours later... They blew up Orlando with Ignite. Like yeah. the, that was just a star-studded show as well. Oh, so. I wish I could have gone to that show. I saw a lot of a lot of uh, footage come out of that show too. Apparently, with Ophidian and JC Cade and John and uh, John Cruz having a uh, having a dance off at one point. Yeah. So because because why not? So. Why wouldn't you? And uh, and then I actually got to talk to Ophidian a little bit afterwards, and he said after both events, and he said yes, 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 uh, and he said that. Um, he had a great time in Florida, and he would love to come back. And so, um, well, let's make that happen. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. because I am an equal opportunity promoter, uh, I actually talked to Fest about it as well. Oh, very cool. Because I was like, if there's anybody who's going to fit in Fest, they're fitting fit the, the Cobra. So uh, the Cobra Supernova, exactly. So we'll see. But yeah, apparently, he had a great time in Florida. I was like, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Because if he was like, this sucks, I'd right. be like, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Do we know? So, uh, so sorry, I wasted your serpenty time. Do we know when we can expect we're all back again, or no? I'm not at liberty to say. They're still uh, in the. I am just the director of fun, after all. Right. I'm not. I'm not the head honcho yet. But uh, there's some details being worked out, including I called an abandoned Office Depot building to nice. see if we could use that as a venue. Because why the fuck not? It's got tall roof. It's got tall ceilings. Right. And nobody else is doing shit. Yeah, in exactly. It. No one's buying office supplies that are fucking closed. Office Depot, so why the hell not? If fucking Spirit Halloween can do it, then right, we could rent it for a night. A night, right? All we need is the lights and the AC. Right, we'll bring we'll bring the rest. We'll bring a fucking boombox and exactly. Yeah, with between uh, a couple of uh, one of those Beats by Dre pills and fucking yeah. some tarps, you wouldn't even fucking tell the difference. Yeah, spot on. So. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. If that doesn't work out, then there's always staples. But uh, anyway, so Chad also got to see a, a recent wrestling show mm-hmm. that I wanted to get your kind of uh, analysis on. Yeah, I was at uh, Full Impact Pro's most recent show. In uh, uh, beautiful Ybor City. Yeah, the the uh, cesspool that is uh, <laughs> Ybor City for the Accelerate show. Um, so, um, good show. Personally, I thought, and and my thing was, I thought it started out a little slow at the beginning. Okay. Um, well, no, actually, not totally. So the first match, so the first match was Anthony Henry uh, facing off against Teddy Stigma. Okay. Which is based off of a previous angle where Anthony Henry has a bounty on him currently mm. by um, uh, Dante Brown, who was not at that show because. Basically, he had put a um, placed a bet with Anthony Henry at the previous show over whether he'd win or not. Dante cheated. Of course, Anthony Henry didn't win. They didn't have the money to pay up. So now Dante's trying to basically, they're trying to take him out now uh, for that. So um, Anthony Henry ended up winning mm-hmm. um, in, a, you know, in a tough fight with, with Teddy, who's always... Former guest of the IndyCast. Former guest friend of the IndyCast. <laughs> um, but um, I thought that match was good, and the storyline for that was good. They followed it up, though, with a couple matches from people from Wildcat 
sports entertainment, Wildcat Wrestling. Oh, okay. Which is a company that is based mostly out of, like, the New Orleans area, who actually has a show coming up very interestingly up in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Okay, um, so they're, they're jumping all over the place. They're trying, to, they're trying to expand out and have been working. Uh, they're actually running the former ECW Arena, which is now the 2300 Arena, I believe is what it's officially called now. Um, and I think the problem you had in that instance was because you were dealing with people from a completely other company, there just wasn't the you know the knowledge of the wrestlers there. So I think that hurt the overall interest in that part of the card because nobody knew who to boo, who to cheer, what to do with it. The matches were good. Jay Spade uh, defeated Matt Lancey in what I thought was a great match. Jay Spade definitely has got a lot of upside to him, and I could see him coming back. I just didn't think it would, you know, because the context wasn't there. Um, and then after that, Odinson uh, and Drennan, who are now apparently teaming up uh, under the no, not Drennan, or Odinson, Odinson and Perro. Drennan was in that. Drennan was in that. Uh, ended up being in the match though. Under the watchful eye of Drennan, came out, beat the crap out of both of them. Well, that brought out three more people from Wildcat. Mm. Uh, a gentleman named Buku Dao, who's going to be amazing. You should definitely watch him. Uh, Sergeant uh, Sakaro and Danny Flamingo were the other two to round it out and make it a six-man match. Any uh, relation to Scotty Flamingo? I don't think so. Okay. No. Uh, but uh, Buku Dao you would have especially liked because he definitely had gear that was uh, very Pokemon-based. I'm okay with uh, that. He's a smaller, uh, a smaller Asian gentleman who... Uh, definitely is one of those guys that when you're, they're getting the crap beaten out of him by people the size of Odinson and Perro, um, definitely gets the uh, you know old rock and roll express like the crowd's going to get behind him because they're just a you leave my little baby alone type of situation. <laughs> um, Thank God Luna wasn't in the audience. Yeah. Uh, but Odinson and Perro definitely uh, that should stay a tag team. Uh, I was uh, I saw some photos of it and I was like. Oh, no, that's built to last. Yeah. Like, that's a... It probably won't be, because they're definitely, throughout the match, are teasing, like, them, like, no, I can do this better, no, I can do this better right. type of deal, which obviously means it's going to blow up at some point. Just saying, so. power and glory, we can make it happen. Like yeah, a reboot, exactly. A, a grim reboot of, you know... So, and then with Drennan as a manager, I think that you've got something there, but we'll see what happens with it. Like I said, it doesn't look like it's a... Uh, Give Odinson a Loki gimmick... There you go. And there you go. I would say make Pero Thanos, but Brian Cage is already kind of doing that. So. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, I'm trying to think who Pero could be in that instance. I guess I mean you could make him more, make him more Thorish, maybe. But mm. but uh, that was followed up by a uh, ladies tag team match: the uh, the very charismatic Dynamite Dee Dee and uh, Area Blake. Uh, fought uh, Lindsay Snow very much out of uh, um, kind of a Mad Max movie herself, speaking of Odinson. Uh, it teamed up with uh, fully gimmicked own Priscilla Kelly. Uh, so, uh, definitely a very interesting, uh, definitely an interesting match. Priscilla Kelly definitely playing the witch, like harlot character to the hilt in this one here. Uh, the faces ended up winning. Uh, Dee Dee and Blake ended up winning the match, but um, Priscilla looks like a million bucks whenever she's <laughs> whenever she's out there, and that's not just on a looks thing. She's right. she's really turning into a, a great character, and you know, um, no, uh, she's up there with like the Sue Youngs and, and yeah, those kinds of characters 100%. in terms of like super getting that character down, right? And then also 
being a competent wrestler to, right. to boot, which is always good. Because yeah. sometimes you don't get that. Sometimes right. you just like, hey, it's all character and can't really do much in the ring. Right. I think there's a good balance there. So, now like I was saying, though, from the Jay Spade match through the women's tag match, I think you would kind of lost the audience. And trying to build them back up was, was difficult on that one. Mm-hmm. Until A.R. Fox came out. Okay. Uh, and then once A.R. Fox came out, the place exploded. Okay. Because A.R. Fox. A.R. Fox and Jason Kincaid oh. had an absolute... Amazing. Flip fest. Yeah. Oh, flippy, flippy do all over the place, but absolutely excellent match. Great setup on that one. AR Fox looks like a million bucks. AR Fox wins, of course. Um, and uh, did make mention of why he wasn't in the main event when these other four jabrones were, and the other four jabrones later on being Jason Cade, Austin Theory, John Cruz, and James Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe he would have to do something about that, and mm. uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, but he obviously did have something to do about that. Um, John Davis, friend of the IndyCast, uh, fully gimmicked as well, um, defeated Caleb Conley in an, in an excellent match, which I hate to say, not because I don't love John, but because I hate Caleb Conley that much. <laughs> um, but they put on a, that one, made it out to the bar. Um, I give this bartender credit. I've never dealt with this bartender before. Very sweet lady. I have never seen someone get stuff off the bar so fast in my life as soon as they were starting to fight over there. She was like the flash. Like, suddenly the bar was clear. It's like, well, what? how the hell did that happen? She's like, mm-mm, not on my watch, you're not. Um, um, but John Davis ended up winning. He did. Uh, John Davis did tease me briefly with uh, two-thirds of the Siberian Bear Crusher. Uh-huh. Uh, I got it cut off at the end, which made me a sad panda. But so see what you did. did there. Yeah, so. Uh, Fred Yehai and Ethan Case fought. It was actually supposed to be Yehai and Mark Stone. Stone. Right. Stone apparently must have got injured at the aforementioned NXT show I think I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. So he was out, but Ethan Case, who was going to make his debut that night, did show up. Um, did do a promo a little earlier to kind of introduce himself and set up the match. Set up that even though the, the FIP crowd, because it was his debut, may not know him, um, that uh, Yehai definitely did know him. And uh, and that's set Which, that match up. I like to say that like fully gimmicked pulled some strings, things like that to to get a, a fully gimmicked ambassador in there. But uh, yeah, just dumb, do just dumb luck. Yeah, it's just, just, it's just worked out for everybody. Uh, sadly, uh, Ethan did have on uh, his fully gimmicked knee pad. Brand spanking new, actually. Uh, but did but did sadly was not wearing his uh, fully gimmicked tights. I was a little disappointed. Um, and was not introduced as representing fully gimmick. Sadly, I don't know if that shame, was, shame, shame. I know, right? I was, I was a little disappointed. Hmm. Uh, I was definitely the king of the uh, Ethan Case fan club on that show, <laughs> uh, which is a, a that difficult crown prospect when you're uh, when you're dealing with an obviously very pro Yehi audience. Uh, the poor female ring announcer that they have there. By the way, oh, okay. So let me. So the poor female ring announcer um, did a very did a very bad thing and mispronounced Yehai's name at one point, mm. and the audience uh, totally gave her shit for it. Ooh. Like, correct herself. Um, but I would take her botching somebody's name over the guy ring announcer they have, who really just annoys the living hell out of me. But the problem is, I think he's meant to annoy the living hell out of me, so he's doing his job then. Right. But if he was gone, I wouldn't hurt my feelings all that much. Um, because he was annoying and all shit. Um, and then your main event, uh, like you said, James Drake, getting to see him for the first time. Boy, was that a surprise. <laughs> uh, John Cruz, Austin Theory, and Jason Cade in an a, uh, excellent Fatal 4-Way matchup. 
Um, Cade won. Congratulations to Jason. Uh, soon to be pro wrestling gorilla talent, Jason Cade. Soon to be wrestle circus talent, Jason Cade. Um, supposedly will be on the show after pro wrestling gorilla, Jason Cade. So you'll get to hear all about that soon, I hope. Barring something doesn't happen. Um, but James Drake, let's, before we kiss Jason Cade's ass, let's talk about Not James Drake. Fucking Mayor of Chop City. Lucha Haas. James Drake. Iron Anderson's oldest kid. Yeah, he's an impressive, like, uh, an impressive individual who flies like fucking him and Cruz. Training. He has a genuine grace to him. Yeah, like an actual legitimate athleticism. Oh god, yeah. And like I said, through a four fifty, like it was, or not a four fifty, through like lucha moves, like it was nothing, uh, and then did throw a running um, uh, shooting star. Shooting star, press, press, yeah. nice. So yeah. I mean. Jesus Christ, was he impressive! I, I, <laughs> I, I need to go back and watch this on Flow Slam because I want I want to see like your reaction in the crowd. Like, it's imagine oh God, sure like it's... he does some kind of like crazy lucha shit, and you just like stand him and go, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like... that's probably not too far from the truth. <laughs> um, though you would have been very proud. Actually, what you should go back to listen to Flow Slam for is uh, I, I think it was when Jason was talking. It might have been when Ethan Case is talking, but. Uh, a certain fan that we have a major dislike of was in the, was in the crowd that evening. Ah. Um, the one that we lovingly refer to as Squawk Box. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forgot who she was yelling at, but I definitely yelled fairly loudly, shut the fuck up, Squawk Box, and let him talk. To which uh, I got a small smattering of applause from some of the audience you're, for it. You're so. a hero of the people. Yeah, well, it's, then why is that not on a shirt, by the way? Sure. Chad Allen, hero, hero of the people. people. Um, so. No, it sounds amazing. And... Uh, so overall, you felt like the show kind of lost some momentum in the beginning, yeah. but more than made up for it by the end. Yes, yeah, no, definitely by the end of it, especially with like um, from AR Fox on was excellent show. Beginning of the show was good, but uh, definitely I thought lost the audience, especially when they started bringing out and again, other than it's Wildcat Sports, which has some amazing talent, the wrestlers they have are great, and I don't want to badmouth them one one way or another. I think it was just the problem of the audience not knowing. What to do with the people they had out there? You, I mean, you got to debut people at some point, yeah. And sadly, those people are probably not going to get that much of a reaction just because of that, right? But mm-hmm. I thought, all in all, the, the show was great. Excellent. So. Now we were there at the relaunch of FIP. Yes. How do you feel this show compares to that? Um, I think it's a more well-rounded show now. Okay. Um, I think at first when they relaunched, they were trying very hard to be super edgy and weird and I think now they they've realized they can take some of the edge they can still keep the cursing and the like the the high flying aspect of it and mm-hmm. trying to you know create interesting stuff without it being super obnoxious and I without think it being like a cartoon right uh, and I think that was the problem with the first show especially is they were maybe trying too hard to be a little cartoonish and over the top and now they're starting to find their groove a little bit better. Well, I'm never going to try... I'm never going to condemn anyone for trying to be South Park and ending up a stripperella. It happens to the best of us. Stripperella? Yeah. Wow. Can we review one of those sometime, by the way? Well, yes, we can. And secondly, I just want to make sure that we're including Pamela Anderson references in our episodes. Yeah, apparently. After Dark. Um, So, coming up... Uh, this Saturday is an ACW show. Yep, American 
combat wrestling, wrestling at uh, Gulfview Event Center. And uh, I will be there in attendance, uh, representing the IndyCast and Fully Gimmicked. And um, we still have a dominant champion in Paro there, so I'm not really sure. I'm assuming that there's going to need to be some sort of like Voltron formation out of a lot of other wrestlers to try to take that belt away that from him. That's what, that's what my theory is right now. Um, but yeah, so that should be amazing. So if anyone in the Florida area, go to Golfy Mall, go there. Um, go see Yancey Street Comics first because they're a great comic shop in that mall. But then go to the event center, right. grab yourself something to eat, and watch a great wrestling show. Or if you can't make it, it's going to be on Flow Slam. Yeah, and Flow um, Slam's a wonderful thing. Yeah, so so we'll be out and about and expect some good things from Fully Gimmicked. We're working on some shirts. Oh, that's one more thing we can talk about. Yes, is uh, the debut of Future Gimmicked. Yes, which is our uh, our sort of our Young Justice team, as it were. Nice. And uh, not, so not a Teen Titans. That was a Teen Titans Go. Teen actually. Titans Go. Yeah. So suck it, everybody who, <laughs> who thinks that's the inferior product. Um, so it's it's who's six. Who's our Beast Boy of that group? Though? Let's see. It would probably be uh, maybe Slade. Okay. Is Anthony Lee our uh, our cyborg or our Robin in that grouping? I would say cyborg because. He's kind of the biggest of the group. If right. I... And I like the idea of a very flamboyantly gay Harley Quinn Robin. Which would be our, our other male in the group. So uh, so go check it out on FullyGimmick.com. We just debuted it. Um, we're already sprinkling some new t-shirts for these kids. And that's the whole idea. Is these are all newcomers to wrestling. Right. And we wanted to give them a time uh, an opportunity to shine. Because they're all super talented. And... Uh, you know, we just wanted to help showcase them, and they've done great work with us. And so, that's a new opportunity in addition to the wonderful ambassadors that we've had. Exactly. And uh, we actually had to retire an ambassador. We had to retire we did, Ken- Kennedy Brink. We rolled up Kennedy Brink's uh, ambassador. Uh, where are you going with this flyer up into the rafters? <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Uh, I, I knew where it was trying to go. Okay, it was getting weird. Um, yeah, but because uh, now she's moved on to. More black and white striped pastures. Yes. And so uh, so she is unfortunately retired as an ambassador to Fully Gimmicked. But, um, so she joins Maxwell Chicago and sort of tentatively Wayne Van Dyke. Although he wasn't officially an ambassador. Right. He was our first ever t-shirt. We're, set, so. we're putting him up in the, uh, we'll definitely put him the Hall up of in fame, the as it were. Hall of Fame as well. Yeah. So. so anyways, thank you everybody for listening to uh, an IndieCast After Dark. And uh, until next time, I'm Dr. Assface. I know, as always, Coculus Maximus, and we always do say at the end of these episodes, Daisies.